Hello and welcome to And We Got Older, a video game podcast because we wanted to. I'm Kobe McGraw. I'm Andrew Evans. I'm Gabby Reedy. It's October 1st, 2020, and this episode has us sharing our thoughts on the game's Eco, Super Mario 3D All-Stars, Going Under, and Left 4 Dead 2. We then close out the episode with a discussion on our decision-making habits in games. Hello. Hi. Hello. How's everyone doing? Pretty good. Pretty good. Happy to be here. Nice. Yeah. Welcome to this side of Ago. <laughs> um, if anyone out there doesn't know, we have Ago Online now, which features Andrew and Gabby both talking about MMORPGs and their love for them and some history and stuff like that. So go check them out. It's good stuff. I liked hearing about the uh, the fact that you couldn't use magic in the house, Gabby, on this <laughs> last episode. That was a good a good story. Oh, man. Yeah. I have so many fun so stories. So many good stories. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, good stuff. So we want to just get into it? Yeah, let's go. Yeah. Okay. Well, first off, we have Eco. This one, this is the one I played, and it came out all the way back in two thousand one. So it's nearly twenty years old. So wow, wow, yeah. Originally on PlayStation Two, it's the first game from Team Eco, and it's a early three D platformer where you play as Eco, and you're a boy, a boy with her horns, uh, trying to escort this princess basically away from the castle and the whole trope of like saving the princess because kind of has a different take in this this game which is cool to see like with the game that's like such an early on thing like within this century right um doing Mm -hmm. some new things with that and yeah i i loved it It took me about five hours um i originally played it when it first came out like on a demo or something and never got into it because i was just young and i didn't know what to really do and this game like doesn't tell you what to do nothing about it exactly no control schemes or anything are told to you unless maybe i think maybe it was in the manual but even then i was just playing a demo and just didn't find it interesting at that time when it came out but now that i'm older i'm able to play it and appreciate it so, yeah. Um, I never, I never got to play Eco. I, I never I even heard of it. Really? really? Mm-hmm. Wow. Um, I think I also played the demo like when it first came out, and mm-hmm. it just, I didn't really do anything for me at the time. And um, most recently, you know, I, I have that Shadow of the Colossus Eco bundle or whatever. Right. And uh, I just played Shadow of the Colossus. I'd never even that's, touched. Eco. That's what I did too. I don't too. know why. <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah. When that that collection came out, I just played Shadow of the Colossus. And never. I was too really. excited to see those big, uh, big yeah. guys. Yeah, yeah. Which is a shame because Eco is great, and it's now that I played it, I can see its impact on other things I've played that I love that are more modern, like games, like like the Play Dead games, like Limbo and uh, Inside. I think takes a lot yeah. from this game. The um, movement is kind of like a similar feel. Yeah. Yeah, and the lack of uh, or absence of a lot of dialogue, um, very sparse on music, and just very atmospheric. And, and there's basically no UI, right? In yep, no, no UI, which is I like awesome. That. And you know how much I love not having 
all these HUD stuff going stuff on. Stuff on the screen. Yeah. yeah. So, Dude, same. Yeah, it's, it was great to play. And a, a big, like, mechanic of it is that you're, like, guiding Yorda, which is the princess, and which is, like, the whole, like, hand-holding thing, which is, like, a cool little mechanic where you had to always, like, be around her, be around her, and if you leave her, like, leave a room and be away from her for a while, the, like, dark entities basically come and try to capture her, which is a cool little thing. Um, and it's just, overall, it's really good AI implementation with Yorda. Um, a lot of cool is it, things. Is it stressful? Like, uh, or, or did you, did you find it relaxing? Mostly relaxing. There were some moments when it got pretty cluttered with, uh, the enemies and they would, uh, I would lose basically and had to like, I saw the end screen on that and had to restart a few times, but overall it's pretty relaxing. And I think most of team eco games are like that too. Mm-hmm. I think that's a, a lot to do with the, just the atmosphere they put in their games with the, the contrast of like this dull landscape of stone and, rocks and stuff like that with also this nature like this very saturated greenness to all their games it seems and it's a good blend they find with it and it's definitely an interesting feeling that all their games have yeah Mm -hmm. yeah that's true another thing to note is the camera in the game similar to other early uh 21st century games especially playstation games is that it's a a static camera most of the time that switches and cuts from one thing to another, like Silent Hill. Mm. And it's clunky, but I, I wish more games today still like played around with this type of camera mechanic. I think it's cool. Yeah. Yeah. Like I, I love the idea of a static camera because it like forces you to see whatever they intend for you to see. You know? Right. Yeah. There's a lot of direction that the, the game designers can put into it that you can't get with um, giving the player the control over the camera. Right. Mm-hmm. And it took me a while to get used to that because I would, like use the right analog stick and just like throw off the camera and get just out of whack and everything. And But it, it's good. I like it. And I, I like to see more people play around with that. Bring it back. Yeah. I, I can't even think of like modern games that have static cameras. Yeah, right. I couldn't either. I was like literally sitting like, here racking my brain like, uh... Yeah, like there has to be one, right? And I, I, I can't think of any. I really can't. I think it's a good design choice, though. I think games that can utilize the environment in like ways other than just dialogue to, to, show, like, to show or tell a story, like right. they're really, mm-hmm. really important. It really like showcases the specific language that video games can bring exactly yeah right and it's kind of what brought me back to this game is this small article i found online from super brothers developer craig adams that he wrote called less talk more rock so if you're into game design check that article out and it kind of goes into that in more detail and why it's so special to kind of get away from dialogue and uh really dive in on the aspect of games that only games have right so i'm definitely gonna read that yeah cool stuff and some little things i liked in this game also is 
there's this moment, like moment I found when doing a puzzle with Yorda, uh, that she, she was like coming towards me and there's this bird. Sometimes these birds fly through, uh, in the, the world, but she just stopped in her path and just looked at the bird and watched it fly away and then proceeded on to towards me. And just something little like that. I didn't, wasn't expecting from this old game, especially right. like it was, it was a cool little magical moment in that little, this little time right there. It's cool. And also this game has the best save moment. Like just cause you're, you have to be with Yorda yet. She has to be with you and you sit on a stone couch and you just kind of chill. And then it brings up the menu to save. And it's like, Wait, that's so cool. It's like great music. And this is just really relaxing and, cool yeah one of my favorites awesome. mm-hmm. yeah and hearing that it's only five like you put five hours into it like that mm-hmm. makes me want to play it yeah it's i, I def- definitely recommend and i played it on playstation now because i didn't have it and so I, I streamed it basically on that service and it worked out pretty well hmm. mm-hmm. i always want to check out playstation now again yeah but yeah, if you don't have access to any other, any other way, definitely check it out through there. And it, it makes me want to go check out The Last Guardian because I actually own it but never finished it. Uh, and that's the only one I haven't played from or finished from Team Eco. Um, I've only ever played that VR demo. Right, right. I think I've played it every place too. <laughs> that's good. Yeah. So that's been my pick. What What have you all been playing? I uh have I check out that Mario collection, the mm, Mario thirty five, right. and um, man, it's just like the most bare bones, like lazy, uh, mashup of those three games that it could possibly be. It's just so it's like... such a bummer. It has like no personality. <sighs> like uh, at the main menu, like panning over which game you want to play is kind of cool because you like shows like the year it came out, like a little trailer for it. And then there's also um, the soundtracks are included, but I, I don't know. I'm not, I'm not using my switch to listen to music ever. So I don't know when I would <laughs> ever do that. You know what I mean? Right. Um, it's also Mario 60, the Mario 64 in it is the rumble pack version. So you don't have that. Um, you know how speedrunners could like do that, like backwards. Back, yeah jump slide staircase thing. yes yeah so you can't do that anymore and uh they took out the line you know when you throw bowser and mario says so long gay bowser <laughs> god that's my favorite line right? yeah that's everyone's favorite line um that's gone mario just says like bye-bye and uh <laughs> Unfortunate. i want so long gay bowser back it makes me so sad um but man mario 64 i i i, I hate to say it but I don't think it's really aged that well. Oh no! Like, it, uh, I mean, it, well, interacting. That, it's like the first of like the. It it's like the trademark first game of. 3D, I definitely think it's a very of important like that type game. of adventure game. Right. I, I think. I mean, Mario sixty four is definitely an important game, but um, some of the movement and like. I don't know, man, like trying to jump over uh, the spot in that first level to let the chain chomp go so you can get the star behind the uh, 
mm-hmm. the little jailed area or whatever, you know, like <clears throat> doing the butt slam on the fucking thing took me like seven tries because I just could not like jump over it and line it up perfectly. Mm-hmm. Also, the it's still they're still using that C stick camera where it's just you put you the to mash the bumpers. The, yeah, they've mapped the fucking C uh, buttons to the analog stick. So you're like trying to move the camera and it's just making that, you know, the noise that it makes when yeah. it like pans. Um, but it's super annoying. It's like, dude, they, they did nothing. They could have at least like, mm-hmm. I don't know, looking at the Spyro uh, remaster and like how fucking good that was. Yep. Th- this sucks and this is like 60 fucking dollars and mm-hmm. it's limited like what the f- what why like it makes me sad that the game is still like that because i played the super mario 64 on ds oh so good and yeah. i remember thinking like wow they really didn't do anything like the controls are still like so janky and the mm-hmm. fact that it's like I-, I don't even know how many years later like 15 years later and it's still really janky <laughs> They did so much more for the DS version than they did for this it, one. Like, in, yeah, no, no, no. I'm serious. Like in the DS version, like you can play as like fucking Wario and like mm-hmm. all this stuff. At least There's they like, utilized that the touch too. Like, right? They brought yeah, it to the platform. Exactly. At least, yeah. They didn't do shit with this version of 64. It's wow. Uh, so I'm, you know, the most that I played of this whole collection was like I got like a few stars from every game just to kind of get a feel for which one I actually want to play, you know? Mm-hmm. And uh, I probably just well, won't play 64 again. <laughs> I just, I've played it so many times already. Like, right. Yeah. That's not really the reason I bought it, but sunshine on the other hand, um, it's good. It, it looks good. Uh, it's a shame that you don't have the analog triggers. So you can only like blast the water, full, like, press. full fucking capacity. Yeah, exactly. Full press. Like you can't, uh, I, I think the thing I liked about Sunshine before was doing little, just you know, misting water on people, like doing little, little tiny, uh, little tiny sprays of water. <laughs> but um, yeah, Sunshine's better than I remember. Yeah, I remember the, ca- the camera. It. It's it's a the camera's fucking awesome. It's like a full. You can just control it however you want. It's it's amazing. Uh, I did not expect that. Like I, I don't know. I guess I just. I didn't remember how like open and free Mario Sunshine is compared to some of those other games, but it's cool. It's pretty. It's pretty good. I, I like the the colors and just kind of the atmosphere and ambiance of it. Mm-hmm. The music's fantastic. Oh yeah, I think that's something that's just like universal across all Mario titles. I think the music's always great. Yeah, at least you have good music. Exactly. Um, Galaxy also was. Uh, I've never played Galaxy before, so this is my first time playing mm-hmm. it. And it honestly makes me a little nauseous sometimes. Like, <laughs> I, I kind of get a little, like, swimmy-headed whenever you're, like, I don't Shifting know, because it doesn't together. rotate. The, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And um, I found a few instances where I would be running from one side of the planet to the bottom side, and I would get stuck in, like, a loop of just running around in a circle because of the way the... the it's a static camera, you know? Right. But, um, and how are oh, the motion controls on that? Like, are you using that or dude, are you doing is, a touchpad, like the touchscreen? It's, it's very awkward. Like, you using it, I've played, I've tried to like figure out what the best feeling way to play Galaxy is. So, first, I use the pro controller and aiming the pro controller at this, you know, like to 
pick up the um, things and all that shit. Like it doesn't feel good because it's, it just doesn't like, mm-hmm. I think, you know, it's like trying to emulate that the Wii motes or whatever. Uh, I tried playing it with the joy cons detached, which was better, but I have like pretty bad joy con drift in all of my joy cons now. And that's like, I don't want to play a whole game like that really, you know? Right. Um, it's weird. I don't, I don't know. I, I don't, I literally like don't know how to play this game like com- <laughs> comfortably. Uh, it's, it's cool that they made that spinny attack thing though. Um, the, just the Y button. So you don't have to like, I, I think it was just waggle only before, which I'm, I just don't want motion controls. Like <laughs> I just don't, I don't like it. You know? Yeah. I'm not a fan of motion controls. Same. It's also strange that Galaxy runs at 60 FPS and Sunshine and 64 are, are running locked at 30. And mm. like going from Sunshine to Galaxy back to Sunshine, it like makes Sunshine feel shittier because it just like it's noticeably slower, you know? Right. I don't know. All in all, what a shitty bundle. Nintendo, this is fucking, you're doing wrong by Mario. It's fucking Mario. Just super like, bare minimum. It, it literally is the least effort possible. Like a lot of the bugs that were in these games originally are still in them. Like Sunshine, you can still like easily fall through fucking stuff that you shouldn't fall through. And they also changed the camera whenever you are spraying the water. It was reverted before and now it's just normal. And they didn't give a, a way to change it back. So people who preferred the original Sunshine um, experience, they just you're fucked. You just have to get used to it Man. being uh, normal. Ugh. Yeah, so it's, unfortunate it's a mess. about this collection. It's, yeah, it's yeah. it's sad. And no Galaxy Two. No Galaxy Two, but you know that's just so they can release uh, the thirty. Fifth anniversary All Star <laughs> Plus Plus God. Volume it's just Two. It's like a weird cash grab. For real, definitely unfortunate. But I mean, the games are still—they're still good games. They're still fun. Mm. It's just—I wish they would have put more polish into it. Right. Uh, what you been playing, Gabby? Uh, I've been playing Going Under. Uh, it's a new dungeon crawler, like roguelike by Agro Crab. Uh, it's like a pretty satirical game. Uh, you start as an unpaid intern for a startup soda company called Fizzle, that's owned by a larger larger company called Cubicle. <laughs> um, and the intro of the game is like a play on those new hire videos that jobs make you watch like when you go to orientation okay and it the opening is so funny i think that's what really sold me on the game uh it said like you're joining the ranks of 100,000 hired through the impoverished intern initiative uh and then it makes like the the classic joke like cubicle began as a startup in a garage just a couple of guys with nothing but a dream and a modest cash injection (laughs) yeah exactly um But yeah, uh, so the game is you're in this big cubicle-owned skyscraper filled with all their tech startups, and you have to explore them and like kill all the monsters. It's a pretty classic dungeon crawler in that sense. Um, 
each dungeon is like a different failed tech startup. Uh, I think the first one that they make you do is uh, it's called Joblin. It's a play on like the gig economy, like Uber and like stuff like that. Uh, and like all the monsters are like themed. Like there's one monster that drives around in like a little taxi cab. Oh my uh, god, that that guy has fucked me up so many times. <laughs> yeah, Especially like if I don't know which direction he's coming from, I'm just like, oh yeah. no, slams into you, and then the, uh... and then I tried to get in the car one time and drive, and I just ended up blowing myself oh, up. Yeah, that's what yeah. I was, yeah, same here with the when I played a demo. That's what happened to me a lot. God, but um, yeah, so uh, this game's kind of hard. It, oh, it's so hard. I haven't gotten past the first dungeon. Like, I keep doing it over and over and over. <laughs> I, I feel like it's harder than it was in the demo. Because I, I remember uh-huh. playing in the demo, I got through the first dungeon pretty easily. Uh, the demo also gave you more life. Oh, really? okay. If I remember correctly. I remember uh-huh. there being a lot more than three hearts. Mm, okay. I, I don't uh, remember that. That's funny. Yeah, so... Makes sense now. Oh, yeah. Uh... I mean, like once you get the hang of it a little bit more, like the combat and stuff, it's easier to go through because, you know, once you learn like how not to take damage, you, you get a little bit further each time. But I still don't beat the boss. Mm-hmm. How do you uh, feel about the items and the way they like lose durability? Do you um, find yourself like switching between a lot of? Are you using like junk shit or like what do you normally look for when you're running through? Um, I've, I feel like I haven't played it enough to like have a plan, you know, when I go in, I just kind of take what I can and kind of just decide in the moment, like, oh, do I want this or this? And I'm just kind of like playing through with different things each time, kind of figure out what I like and what's best. I'm trying not to like look at a guide or anything. Yeah. But I think it's cool that. You know, it because it's a roguelike, you when you go into each dungeon, once you run out of like lives, you have to start completely over. But I like that it is it's not like, you know, other roguelikes like Binding of Isaac, you like return to like a home base and you, even though you failed that dungeon, like your progress still counts for something. Like you still get a little bit of currency, you get some experience, you know, you can keep building on your character. It doesn't feel like as brutal. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of... setbacks, not that bad. It reminds me of, like, Hades in that sense. Yeah. Like how you... Still working towards something. Yeah, you're working towards something even if you fail. Like, I really like that a lot. Uh, Nice. I don't know. I really like... uh, I just really like the way that the dungeons are set up. And I like that they're procedurally generated because they never feel boring. I don't feel like I'm, oh, I'm going through the same exact level over and over. Like... It still feels fresh and fun. Mm-hmm. Um, I love the soundtrack. Yeah, the yeah. soundtrack rules. Good. For this game is so good. And I feel like it fits the theme so well because it's just that like upbeat, like trendy style. Like, I don't know. It, it really, it, everything about the game like, ha- like encapsulates the theme so well. Mm-hmm. Like, like the perfect aesthetic. The art style. illustrative style too and mm-hmm. everything yeah it's such a unique personality for a roguelike too oh yeah for sure but i feel like most roguelikes have 
They're like very dark. Yeah. 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 Exactly. But this one is like, I, I don't know. It, it really just makes you feel like happy looking at it. Mm-hmm. If that makes Definitely. sense. Yeah. Like going back and petting that dog in between every run. I really yes. uh, have to do that every time. <laughs> the dialogue and everything is just so good too. Oh, the dialogue is so good. Uh, it's so satirical in the way they like play up the like millennials in tech theme. So <laughs> like to a T. I remember. Yeah. Uh, so the way that the dialogue presents itself is as like texting instant messaging bubbles. And I didn't realize that at first. Uh, it was uh, that one part of, I think after like the first or second dungeon you do, uh, you get called into like a conference meeting and like the boss is trying to tell like a really bad joke and it shows like red 10, 21 AM. Yes. <laughs> and that's when I was like, Oh, this is like text bubble. Yeah. But I mean, even that is like, it's just funny. Like the way that they present the the humor. Yeah. I really dig this game. Yeah. I, I definitely want to play more of it. I haven't played as much as I would like. Cause I still haven't beat the first or the first boss in the dungeon, but uh, I don't know. I'll definitely be playing more of it. And I hope that this company creates more games because they obviously have a great vision. Yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. I'm not the biggest fan of roguelikes, but I will definitely be oh, listening man. to this soundtrack a lot. Roguelikes are probably my favorite like game genre. Mm-hmm. Same. Outside of MMOs, but roguelikes, they, they just give me the, the satisfaction of like having something to work towards. Between going under and Hades, like, oh, I just like keep ping ponging back between the two because like I love them both so much. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Hades and going under are very similar in my opinion. Like they both have like the isometric like field of view and like the combat is kind of similar-ish in the way that you can like dodge and run around but uh it's they're both very different in like the way they look and the way they play out Mm -hmm. definitely yeah they're both pretty bit pretty big right now since they just released well hades under full release i guess you can say but (laughs) yeah um that's cool that these both are like really getting yeah it seems like making a comeback yeah Yeah. i like it i love to see it i want more (laughs) (laughs) me me too Uh, nice uh we all also played um left for dead 2 over the weekend Sure did my first time ever playing it (laughs) (laughs) after uh what like 11 years this game came out in 2009 oh wow oh wow yeah it's been a while (laughs) and it just had it a uh their last big update i guess for this game called the last stand update which was community driven which is pretty cool it's free so if you have this game definitely check it out and see what they added because it's a lot of stuff um some definitely a, uh, a lot in the various modes like new maps and everything some new weapons too there's a, like a shovel and a pitchfork um even Counter Strike source weapons are in this game now. Or oh wow, that. I didn't realize that. Yeah, 
That's cool. Um, they're, they're rare to find, but they, they pop up. So, yeah, this is just this game just holds up so well. It, like it, every time I play it, I remember why I love it. Yeah, it, just a lot of great hectic moments. Like when all of us were, were on that bridge, uh, <laughs> I just oh, when we died. Bridge. But it's just constant hordes after hordes of trying to get through this this bridge part and didn't turn out so great the first time around. But we learned our lesson. Oh, yeah. I don't, I don't think any other zombie game like really nails the like anxiety of having like a hundred things run at you the way oh, no. does. that's the truth. I feel like I've never played a good zombie game, if I'm being <laughs> honest, until, you know, playing this. Mm-hmm. This game holds up so well. Like this being my first time playing it in 2020, I I wouldn't guess that it was 11 years old. Yeah, right. Because it still looks so good, too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It, I don't know. It feels good to play. I felt like it was scary, but not. It, it didn't feel like a horror game. I thought the the use of or just the way they they showed the gore was like cool, but it didn't feel like excessive. Right. That right. Like there could like be the... blood. Go on. Oh, I'm sorry. It's like <laughs> there could be fucking uh, just blood and body parts everywhere, and it's still not like I didn't feel grossed too out. much. Yeah, yeah, you never feel grossed out by it. I just was like, "Holy shit, this is cool!" Like whenever I picked up the chainsaw and I was just like slicing <laughs> through everyone, I was like, "This is so fucking cool!" Like I'm having so much. Fun. Yeah, you were slicing up everything with that machete all <laughs> yeah. the time too. <laughs> Yeah. Well, I just remember when you got the chainsaw and just like you, like I saw you like run out the door, like laughing maniacally, just fucking <laughs> chainsawing everyone. That was the most fun I'd had all week. So just instant dopamine, right? When you pick up that chainsaw. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And um, if anything, this, like other games like this that are more modern that's taken a lot from this is Warhammer uh, Vermintide 2 is a similar example but they really went in on the their obviously their lore stuff and everything and but it's like the amounts of horde and everything it's just it's interesting to compare the two side by side of how long in between the two like the releases have been and still see the influence from left for dead and it um, yeah it's definitely made an, an impact in these type of games Right. I've never played Vermintide, but um, just from watching videos of it and stuff, it's it's like, oh, okay, yeah. It's. I wish there were more games like this. Mm-hmm. Like, it's like a oh, little yeah. genre of its own, almost. Yeah. You know. Well, uh, the same developers from Vermintide, Fat Shark, are making the 40k Warhammer version of that type of game. So that should have some similar things too, and that's going to Game Pass, I think. So. That should be wow. fun. Game Pass oh. is awesome. Yeah. yeah, the value is just insane. <laughs> cool. Nice. Well, I, I'm glad you finally played Left 4 Dead. Oh yeah, man, I, mean, I want to play it again. Yeah. Honestly, we should we should play again. Yeah, there's too. a lot of campaigns to get uh, get through. Yeah, mm-hmm. some really really good ones in there. Good time limits on each campaign too, like mm-hmm. like the the movie length type of duration. That we can all get on and play. Yeah, yeah do like, like a run. Yeah, <laughs> right. Cool. 
Well, that's the the games we've been playing. Any any other thing? Any other games that you want to shout out that you've been playing? Um, um, I would like to shout out Genshin Impact. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, true. Uh, I won't say much about it, but it's a free to play game, and it's basically anime Breath of the Wild. <laughs> that's that's all I really have to say about it. It's awesome. It's free. You don't like lose anything by trying it out. I think it's it's worth checking out. Cool. All you all you lose is uh I guess bandwidth. <laughs> True. And time for for people that have caps. <laughs> and time, yes, people can't get still that. Have back. bandwidth caps? Oh hell yeah. Oh shit. <laughs> I can't relate. <laughs> yeah. No. It's just can't can't do it. Mm-hmm. All right. So we want to get into our soundtrack pick and come back to our discussion. Yes. That sounds great. All right. So for this episode, we have Dire Dire Docs from Koji Kondo for the game Super Mario 64. We'll be back. Good to be back. Good to be yes, back. Yes. And if even though Nintendo can release a mediocre collection, at least we have good music like Dire Dire Docs to listen to. True. Dude, immediately after I got three stars, I went and fucking unlocked that door and jumped into that painting just so I could listen <laughs> to that song again. And then I got so in the good. water and was like swimming around and I was like, hmm, this feels like shit. And I stopped playing. <laughs> But uh, yeah, water levels. A, yeah. Amazing song. Mm-hmm. Like w- water levels are so miserable, but they always have the best music. I hate water yeah. levels more than anything. Uh, except for Subnautica. I guess that's a exception, but it's a whole game. The whole game is a water level. Uh, that sounds like my nightmare. It's so good. <laughs> oh, I love Subnautica. All right. So let's uh, get into our discussion which is how do you handle choices in games? I guess I'm, it's just mainly general 
question in the choices you make in games, but mainly like, do you like play, do you find yourself playing good or evil when you play a game like Fallout or Skyrim or anything like that? Or what do you, what do you play? Well, I am a sucker for RPGs with unlimited choices. So Mm. I like to be able to play any kind of character I want. Like I will say in Fallout, for example, I will go back and replay the game every single possible way that I can. Like I'll play good, I'll play neutral, I'll play evil, all the different mm-hmm. factions. Like I want to, I want to know what happens. Like all the different endings, I want to just kind of figure out what it feels like to be good and evil. Mm, so you like want the whole experience, like oh, yeah. every direction and. You want to experience the full tree of exactly, choices. Exactly. Interesting. Yeah. I think Fallout is the only game for me that I will do that for. Mm-hmm. I think so I just like that world the most mm-hmm. right. uh, in a game. Oh, big same. Mm-hmm. And just nothing has real nothing else has really captured that for me to really experience the other paths I can oh, yeah. take. Yeah, because in Fallout, you have complete freedom to be as good or as evil as you want or really anything in between. And depending on your choices, there's like several different endings you can get. Right. Like it's not just like the good ending and the bad ending. I remember in New Vegas, there was like four or five different endings. And that Mm -hmm. was crazy, honestly. Mm -hmm. Do you have like a preference with the way you start out for your first playthrough or do you just kind of do whatever? Generally, in most like RPGs or games like that, I will start out good just to kind of see how the because di- I feel like the dialogue for like when you're a good character, a lot of games kind of bias like towards the good side. I feel like when I played mm-hmm. um, Outer Worlds, uh, I played as good first, and I remember like all the dialogue was really cool and like. The story fleshed itself out, but then I tried playing as an evil character and I felt like there just wasn't, it was really lacking on that side Mm -hmm. of it. I feel like in a lot of games, there's no real incentive to play evil most mm -hmm. of the time. Yep. Um, And there's always. I'm not sure that's a good thing or a bad thing, too. There's Um, almost always like a disconnect also from like, like I think about Red Dead Redemption 2 and just like how much fuckery I got into just doing awful things like getting in fights with people (laughs) and whatever and just being a piece of shit and then like it has no impact on like how the people at the camp view you or interact Mm -hmm. with you or which is fucked. That's something that Fable kind of did a good job of whereas you know when you were evil in that game like people would react to you a certain way like they would cower when you were walking through town and stuff like that and even though it's all like artificial, it kind of, I don't know, it, it, it gave more, it, it, your actions had like weight on the actual world and not just, mm-hmm. um, you know, your character exactly. in and of itself. You felt like your actions were a part of that whole system. Right. Like these motherfuckers know what I yeah. did and they know what I can do and they treat you as such. You know, mm-hmm. whereas yeah. like n- nobody, the interactions that Arthur Morgan has in Red Dead Redemption 2, like are not like that. Like they don't give a fuck. That that reminds you... me... I'm sorry. No, you, you go ahead. It reminds me of when uh, that one time we tried to play Elder Scrolls online and I stole something from someone 
And then that entire town hated me. I was to run so far away. Yeah. It's like that. It's like you do something like that in real life would have consequences or would yeah, make I, people mad at you. And you, you get that same result in the game. And that's what I like. Yeah, like being barred off from certain content or like having access to certain content, depending on, you know, how you're behaving is so cool to me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think a lot about Undertale, too, when I think about mm-hmm. yep. decision making. And um, I think most of the time when I'm playing a game for the first time, I just try to play it how I would play it. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, like what I would like do. how you would in real life or type, like, type of right, thing? Right, right. Yeah. Okay. Like, as you. As me, yes, okay. exactly. Not as um, whatever character I've made. Okay, so you're not really role playing in a sense, but projection, projection, I guess. <laughs> it, uh, it, de- yeah, I guess it depends. It's like I'm, I'm role playing as myself. <laughs> you Interesting. Know? Yeah, 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 yeah. That makes sense. Um, mm-hmm. And then you know, I'll usually if I really like something a lot, I'll go back through with like a specific okay. thing in mind. Like I want to be full bad or full good or whatever. But mm-hmm. I, tr- I try not to think about it my first playthrough and just. Yeah. Let it, let it be what it is. Mm-hmm. For me, I'm I'm typically a person who gets overwhelmed by choices, and I'll just shut up, shut off a game if it has it gives me a lot of choices. So I just can't take it sometimes. Um, but I usually find myself playing neutral, and because I I'm always like weighing out different options, and like I want to pick the best one, so I'm like waiting on until I'll figure things out and then go in a direction. But if I if it comes to it, I'll mainly play good. Cause like I said, there's barely any, any incentive in games to play evil. Mm-hmm. I feel right. But yeah, basically neutral for me, unless I think maybe star Wars <laughs> unleashed was like the only other example I can think of to, for me playing evil because the lightning and just interesting abilities and stuff. But, Right, yeah, like it's sometimes the evil powers, like mm-hmm. powers that is just more fun. Right. But yeah, but for most of my cases, I prefer few options uh, for my 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 sake. But I've I've been trying to adopt a different practice for myself when playing a game with a whole bunch of options, like mm-hmm. even character creation and stuff, by just using a dice or some dice to make the decision for myself by that and just leave it up to fate. So I don't have to think about it. Dude, I totally (laughs) get that. Like I will overwhelm, like I'll sit at the fucking character select screen for so long. Like if I have to make a character that has a shit ton of options, I'm always like, so glad when it's just like, Nope, this is what you look like. This is what you're going to do. Okay. Mm -hmm. You got it. Yeah, so that's it's kind of helped out. I haven't used it a lot, but it definitely makes things easier and faster for me. And just to just actually get into the game. Right, exactly. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it can feel like a chore. Definitely. Me. Yeah, I understand that for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, I like games that are kind of de- all dependent on, on decision-making and like that alone, like Indigo Prophecy or like Heavy Rain. Mm-hmm. Uh, whereas like the game is... You're not really doing too much like gamey shit. You're just kind of making decisions. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like that's an interesting, interesting uh, aspect of like all of of this because there's no like there's no systems like underlying it. Like you know, gaining access to skills or whatever. Like you you know you 
do and right. Fallout, like trying to get factions and whatnot. You're just you're literally just playing through the story mm-hmm. in whatever way you want. I hate games that have like fake choices. But where like it doesn't matter. Yeah, like it it gives you the illusion of like making choices and decisions, but in the end, like you're gonna get the same story or the same outcome. Mm-hmm. Right. That's yeah. kind of how I felt with Fallout Four. Yeah, love I, I love think... Fallout franchise, but that game really disappointed me in the fact that no matter what you do, like it's still a linear story. Mm-hmm. That's Wh- definitely which... like the negative, yeah, ex- like example of that. On the flip side, I, I feel like a game that does some like does that thing well. In a in a sense, is Kentucky Route Zero? Oh yeah, yes, true. You're, you're only filling in the blank sometimes, and it kind of it's just like simple like names or something. Like this, mm-hmm. n- the name of your dog is something you choose, but it the story will end up how it will end up for everyone. But just these little different like bits of flavor is yours to make, and it doesn't make any difference. But mm-hmm. it's I don't know. It works somehow. No, no, no. I, I agree with that. Yeah. That, that game does mm-hmm. a really good job at implementing like choices in the way where you feel like you have a little bit of control over your game, like kind of personalize it, but yeah. it's not anything crazy. Yeah. Oh, Kentucky Route Zero. I need to finish that game. I feel like you're not that far from being no, done I'm with not, it. I'm not. I, I'm really close to being done with it. I just set it down one day and just forgot to pick it back up. Remember that part in Bioshock Infinite where you where you have to like pick which pendant Elizabeth gets or yes. whatever. It's like the cage or the bird. Yeah. And then the, it like it doesn't mean anything. It's yep. just like to prove that was that one of the most her. infuriating like, things. <laughs> I know. Like, I went to bed like that night thinking like, wow, shit, like did I pick the right one? I don't know. I just. Uh, yeah. yeah, like uh, that, that regretfulness sometimes when decision making in games is something like I would definitely like to avoid <laughs> the right. most and, and anything that gives me a choice. Mm-hmm. So I'll like always be thinking about it and like, yeah, it just it puts me out of the experience. I always talk about it, but the end of fable two, like when you have to choose <laughs> the money <laughs> to bring the people back yes. or bring back your dog. And uh, I will forever regret not picking the dog. <laughs> Why didn't you p- pick the dog? I don't know, because I was trying to do like a good playthrough and it felt like the most good thing would be to bring all the people back. But it didn't matter. Like I brought all the people back. I walked into town and like the first thing that happened was like an NPC like walked up to me and like farted on me and laughed. <laughs> and then I was like, oh, yep, yeah, I'm just going to kill everybody and stop playing this game because I made the wrong choice. Um, but yeah, like that decision, it doesn't do jack shit. Like it doesn't yeah. do anything. It's just like a you get like a piece of mail that's like from the citizens of whatever the fuck. Thanks for bringing us back. Love you. <laughs> wow. <laughs> There's no weight to it, really. Yeah, no, not at all. Yeah. yeah, I didn't feel like relieved in any sense, you know. Um, yeah. mm-hmm. When you were like creating a character, do you usually like create a character that looks similar to you or like completely different? It depends. I mean, if it's a human character, I usually will try to make make him look like me. 
Mm-hmm. I don't yeah. know. I like what I look like in real life, so I'm usually mm-hmm. okay with looking like that in the game too. Usually my first playthrough of a game, I'll make a character that looks like me. But then if I go back to like try the different routes or do like an evil playthrough, I'll like make like a fictional character to like RPS. Yeah, yeah right. I'm pretty much the same same way. Yeah. And I think every time I play with you, Andrew, we were we're always like as close as we can get with the appearance, <laughs> looking our like characters. our normal selves. Yeah, Andrew's yeah. always characters are always bald. Yeah, <laughs> I hate when there's no bald option. <laughs> like that's the fucking worst. Why is there not uh, like Animal Crossing? I can't be bald. Wait, you can't be bald in Animal Crossing? Really? No. For some reason, I thought bald. you could. Wouldn't that be amazing? <laughs> Yeah. For for me in character creation, it's always like a a uh, a thing for me to try to get the right shade of tanness and like trying to get that just oh, right. Yeah. Like, dude, yes, it's mm. easy for me because it's just like as white as humanly possible. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> this will do. Um, that's funny. Yeah, I, if I go back and play again, I usually will make some dumb whatever I want to be. Uh, mm. You know. Hmm. Or if I'm playing like a MMO and I'm playing a race that's not a humanoid, I kind of just will make make them make them look however. I would spend way too much time in character creation. Me too. It's, it's, like, it's miserable. It's instilled in me from playing The Sims growing up and spending you know an hour to two hours like creating your sim. So it's just <laughs> when I see character creator, I'm like, okay, you gotta spend an hour on this. Oh God! Right. That's why I can't get back to Bloodborne right now because you're really put up with the task of creating your character and just like, it's just, uh, yeah, that's, I guess I should try it out with my, my dice technique, but just, yeah, I mean, to it. in those games too, it's like really hard to make yourself not look ugly as sin. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh yeah. Like it, it took me like an hour and a half making my, when I recently tried to play Bloodborne again, like to make my character not look just like a fucking creepy weirdo. Mm-hmm. And um, I think I did a pretty good job. But Yeah, that's how I am when, it, when if I go back and replay like New Vegas. All those characters look ugly as fuck. So <laughs> at this it's... point, I just hit the random dice and just play whatever. Yeah. I respect right. that. Do you, do you guys play in first person or third person when you play Fallout games? Third. First First person for me, yeah. Wow. I, I've never, I didn't grow up playing FPS, so it's mm-hmm. the first person is not natural to me. Yeah. I, I like being able to, see, I, I think it's from playing MMOs, I like being able to see my mm. character in front of me, like walking around doing stuff. Mm-hmm. I always want to play third person in those games, but it just never feels right for me. I understand that. I think in Fallout 4, they, they made first person feel a lot more enjoyable to me personally. Mm. Like I, I found myself using it a lot more. I think it's because they improved the gunplay and everything. Yeah. I always like the attention, um, like how much you could see like details of shit in first person in um, fallout and stuff. But most of the time when I was just running around doing whatever I'd play in third person. Yeah. Yeah. But um, I think about like, uh, first person mode on like GTA 5 like the way the inside of your car looks and like being able to see all like the the radio on the actual radio it makes me wish those games had better controls for playing that way 
Yeah. Yeah, I remember being hyped for that first person stuff, but I just I never use it in those yeah. games. I'll like toggle into it just to look around if I'm like in an uh, interesting looking like interior or something that I specifically want to look at, but mm-hmm. same, I just it just feels weird to play that way. Like not having all that vision is strange. Right. Well, cool. Any uh, anything else anyone wants to add to that discussion before we start ra- wrapping things up? I don't think so. I think I, I've I've covered it. Yeah, I've said everything I wanted to say. Nice. Well, what's your plans for these next couple of weeks and games? I'm thinking about maybe playing some scary games this month since it's October, oh, yes. right? Uh, it'd be fun Me to too. do like a game a day and like pick a different scary game just to get like a taste of all these different things throughout this month. But mm-hmm. I don't know. We'll see. Yeah, I've been meaning to get back to Resident Evil 2 and play Claire's side of things. <sighs> so I haven't got to that. I've been thinking about playing Resident Evil 7. Ooh. And I'm going to try to Not play in it. in VR though, right? I'm going to try to play it in VR. Okay. But it's honestly probably too scary for me, and um, <laughs> if, if I get if I get too nauseous, um, I can't do it. <laughs> I'm gonna watch a VR speed run. I think just watch it instead of playing it. <sighs> but I want to experience it, you know. Yeah, I also don't. More power good. to you on that one. Oh, I know it's good. It's just so scary, Kobe. <laughs> I think I might um, take a page out of your book, Andrew, and try to play some more scary games. It's funny because I love horror movies and anything in that genre, but I don't, I've not really played a lot of horror games. I could probably count on like one or two hands how many horror games I've played in my entire life. Mm-hmm. And I feel like I need to change that. I usually make crisscross play them and I just watch him play. Um, <laughs> I like to just see him suffer and just kind of live through that vicariously, yeah. you know? Yeah, that makes sense. I feel like there hasn't really been any like great horror games lately as of recently. Nothing too big. Or I feel anything. like I really enjoy those like janky like $4 Steam horror games. <laughs> Hell Pacify. Yeah. What is that one that we played? Pacify. Pacify. That game mm-hmm. is so funny. <laughs> I really want to play Phasmophobia. Yeah, yeah, looks pretty good. Mm-hmm. I've seen a lot of people playing it on Twitch, and I watched a little bit. I didn't want to watch too much because I didn't know if there was like spoilers or anything. But it looks fun and scary. Mm-hmm. Um, I think you also have Game Pass, have Dead by Daylight. Dead by Daylight. I've never played too. that. I think it's spooky. You should download it. Okay. Uh, it's on Game yeah. Pass. Oh, mm-hmm. <laughs> love Game Pass. If we have five people, we can play customs and actually have a good time. Like so, sometimes it's just me, Kobe, and Stacy, and uh, Stacy's terrible. So uh, Kobe just if it's if I'm the killer, if Kobe's the killer. We're just hunting each other because mm-hmm. like we know that like it doesn't matter. You know, it's <laughs> right. Um, sorry, Stacy. Um, I'm just yeah. I'm the killer, just using the other as a bait. Dude, I'd be like trying Something. to get her back up and she'd be like, 
all right, cool. Like, let's go. I'd be like, dude, shut the, f- like, don't, don't tell Kobe that I'm getting you back up. And then like Kobe would reappear, of course, cause he's a little piece of shit that has to wait around and just kill me instantly. That's so funny. But, um, <laughs> yeah, that game's fun. That's, it's good mm-hmm. spooky fun. I'm down to play. I think I also, after doing this episode, really want to dive back into some fallout. Yeah. Like I feel I mean, really motivated to start a new playthrough. Yeah. I always get the that feeling of getting back into more fallouts every once in a while. Mm. It's, just, it's a lot of comfort I get from it oh, for some yeah. reason too. Oh yeah, comfort game. Yeah, I, I love it. Like I love it so much that I had like a pencil and paper game with some friends, and that was such a great time. Like Aww. outside of video games, that's awesome. Just making up as we go along and everything. So, that's yeah. awesome. Yeah, I and think me, at this point I probably have in New Vegas alone over like 500 hours. Man. But I still go back. <laughs> I don't know. That game is just so special and great in like the way that you can truly do whatever you want. Right. With the acquiring of uh, like Bethesda and everything for Microsoft. That much closer to maybe getting something new from Obsidian in really Fallout. So. so, oh, that's who right. Knows? Who knows? Um, I would be I happy with even just of... a remaster of New Vegas. Yeah, me too. That would be cool. Yeah. What about cool. you, Kobe? Um, I'm still. I think I really like revisiting these. Revisiting revisiting these games that I haven't played or haven't gotten to these old games like eco so i know it's like a, a really long and daunting journey but I, I think i've said it on here before but metal gear is something i want to get into same kind of and because i just hear so much about it and i i can't relate because i never really played them and it'll be nice to get that video game education from those games right you know yeah um i played a little bit of the the very first one uh and it's it's actually it's kind of fun too that very nostalgic even though i didn't play it but the the retro graphics and stuff is fun to play with and the music it's cool definitely yeah i think that game holds up pretty well oh yeah cool well this has been a, a great episode Oh, yeah. And it's been nice having you on here, Gabby. Yeah, it's awesome to be here. Yeah, and just in general for Ago. Like in Ago Online. Oh, yeah, I'm super excited to keep putting out podcast episodes. Um, yeah, do you guys want to wrap this one up? Oh, yeah. Let's do it. All right. Thank you for listening to this episode of And We Got Older. If you'd like to send us any questions or game recommendations, you can reach us at agopodcast at gmail.com. That's A-W-G-O podcast at gmail.com. Or follow us on Instagram at agopodcast, where you can reach us there as well. Our intro and outro music is And We Got Older by Jim Guthrie. I'm Andrew Evans. I'm Kobe McGraw. And I'm Gabby Reedy. Until next time. Mm-hmm.